We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Emerging technologies are transforming the healthcare industry as we know it. Investors, say hello to HTech, a portfolio dedicated to capturing the significant growth potential of healthcare innovation. Learn more at RoboGlobal.com slash HTEC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the December 10th, 2018 edition of the Fantasy Football Report a Rotoviz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week, brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Blair Andrews. You can follow me on Twitter at AmItheRealBlair. And my co-host is Hassan Rahim, who you can follow at HRR5010. Hassan, how's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic, Blair, today. Um, you know, playoffs started. I've got a bunch of teams in there that unfortunately had OBJ on them, so I had to pivot, uh, scramble at the last second. Uh, it looks like I'm going to get some wins going forward but uh, it comes down to tonight and tomorrow night so uh, let's see it's a it's a fun time uh in football definitely exciting time of the year league uh, championships are being won and lost yeah um awesome time to be at least have some teams competing for some real money uh and a lot of news to discuss and i'm excited to get into it today with our guest joining us on the show is peter overzet Peter is a host of the High Stakes Diaries and Fantasyland podcasts. Additionally, he hosts The Turnover for 444 Football and is the producer for DFS legend Pete Manzanelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter Overzet. Peter, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Doing well, guys. I've had a, a roller coaster of a day. I, I actually got so mad because I was facing George Kittle in one of my big season-long spots that I just left the house and went to the gym to blow off steam. But then I uh, my DFS day, I had a, a lot of Amari and Juju in my lineup, so uh, that kind of salvaged the day. So, you know, just a typical fantasy experience of hating the sport altogether and then loving it within the span of a couple hours. So, you know, business as usual. Awesome, yeah. 
Uh, let's get right into the news. First item up, Sterling Shepard caught two of six targets for 17 yards and a touchdown in the Giants' Week 14 win over Washington. So Pete, although Odell Beckham was sidelined for this game, Shepard did almost nothing with his targets. With Beckham expected back next week, can fantasy gamers plug Shepard into their lineups with any confidence for the rest of the playoffs? I don't think so. I, I mean, the only times we've really been able to trust Shepard this year is when Odell is out and then he becomes, you know, a pretty good value in DFS and a decent season long start. But this offense in Eli uh, and who knows, maybe the Kyle Laletta led offense, they just can't support more than Barkley and Odell. Um, we've seen Ingram be really erratic and, and same with Shepard. So, no, I would not feel confident starting Shepard uh, if Odell is back. And even if he is or isn't, I mean, even then, Shepard, I think today proved he's not like a locked and loaded uh, start that you can feel good about. Yeah, I kind of like your point there uh, a little bit about Shepard. Uh, I was joking uh, for a while earlier this season in the Rotovist Slack that every Shepard target is a wasted target, and it kind of is. Uh, in a sense, this isn't just necessarily um, Eli being you know, bad at football or whatever. Uh, it's just he isn't an explosive playmaking athlete. He's not an Adele. He's not a Saquon. And he isn't even an, an Evan Ingram who actually kind of smashed on his uh, handful of targets. And he was actually kind of a pretty good, decent punt play today on DFS uh, when the news came out about Odell yesterday. So my question to you going forward is, uh, what are your expectations for Odell for the rest of the season? You know, like the Giants aren't really going to make the playoffs. And they're, they're kind of looking to quote-unquote play spoiler, if you will. But, you know, it, it feels like they uh, downgraded Odell to out. Although he could have, it feels like if they had they been the hunt, he could have actually played through it. So what do you think? Do you think this is a situation where they're shouting him down or is he going to play next week? What do you think happens there? Yeah, I think it is definitely scary with these teams that uh, don't have much to play for and these star players. Like, you know, you saw it with the quad. If there's even anything remotely wrong with these guys, the teams just have no incentive to play them. So, yeah, I'd be a little concerned uh, about Odell going forward. But, you know, if, if he is out there, uh, I think they're going to continue to use him. And, you know, last week we saw him getting involved, throwing a pass, uh, which was the nice butt of all these jokes that he's a, a better passer than Eli. But yeah, I think, you know, it's just one of those things where you want to keep your eye on the practice reports and make sure that everything's going to be a full go, nothing limited or on a pitch count. And assuming everything's okay health wise, you you trot them out there. But I think you definitely can be a little concerned about the state of the Giants in general. This game was uh, maybe a little bit strange. I mean, the Giants put up 40 points, but they did get I think one defensive touchdown and one kind of long rushing touchdown from Saquon so Shepard actually led the team in targets with six um if Odell does miss more time I guess who on this team are you looking to who becomes a big upgrade yeah, I did uh, like what I saw from Evan Ingram today. He, you know, he didn't have a, a massive box score, but he had some nice yards after the catch um, things, kind of looking like the the young Jordan Reed that we all wanted him to be as a dynasty prospect. So I definitely get more excited about Ingram than Shepard when opportunity opens up. Mark Ingram rushed 13 times for 52 yards in a touchdown in Sunday's Week 14 game versus the Buccaneers. Uh, Peter, Ingram's best play of the week was a 17-yard rushing touchdown that iced the Saints' win over the Bucs. It's been a quite a few weeks for both Ingram and Alvin Kamara of late. Uh, why do you think this is? Man, I, I get like 
like visibly tense when the name Mark Ingram comes up. He just frustrates me so much. I, I just don't think he's that great of a runner. He seems to do all of his damage, you know, when the Saints are front running or in, you know, good and easy goal to go situations. And I, you know, it does seem like something we were talking earlier that something might be up with Kamara. Who knows if it was that concussion hit from a few weeks ago against the Cowboys or what's going on. They're not using him that creatively. Uh, but I think I also said to you, we were messaging the other day that I'm just going to go broke continuing to play Kamara uh, in DFS. And, and that does seem to be the case again after today. But it is a bummer that, you know, when you play Kamara now, it's it's not a bet on volume anymore. It's a bet on efficiency. And we know he can have those big plays. Uh, but I'm worried. Yeah, they're not using him as creatively. He doesn't seem to be getting involved in the screen game where he can really shine. And they are, you know, stubbornly in love with Mark Ingram and a lot of these high leverage situations. And they seem to kind of be sputtering in general as an offense. So, yeah, it's frustrating. And I think you have to lower your your projections and your expectations for this offense and Kamara going forward. Yeah, I, too, am pretty frustrated with uh, <laughs> the way they've been relying on Mark Ingram. Uh, you kind of mentioned the offense has been sputtering. You know, Drew Brees threw, I think, for 201 yards today, which was maybe the most he's had in the last three weeks. So kind of pathetic passing uh, output from the whole offense. Um, is, is that something that concerns you going forward for everyone on this team? Yeah, I mean, initially it was just the, the defense was playing so well that teams weren't staying in the game, and that was what was causing his low passing numbers. But, you know, the way today set up with the Bucks getting up early, you thought it was going to be a day where they were going to have to pass a lot, and it actually just seemed like, you know, some problems of their own doing on the offensive side. But it's it's still Breeze. Uh, it's still the Saints. They still have great weapons. Uh, they have a couple uh, good games coming up on the schedule. They're playing Carolina next week, which should be a get-right spot. So I, I'm not panicking. Uh, it's just frustrating. If you had Kamara and DFS or you know your first round of your playoffs this week, there's a good chance he burned you, and you might not get a chance to see that, that bounce, box, bounce back spot the rest of the season. Yeah, it's just, it kind of is kind of really frustrating watching this team because it feels like at some points, like Sean Payton gets far too cute. This, uh, this Taysom Hill uh, stuff is, uh, has it ever worked? I mean, it's, I remember it distinctly working like maybe the first week or something against the, against Washington, but it, it really hasn't worked since then. Michael Thomas's lack of volume is pretty poor. Uh, now we're like learning names about guys that are like you know Keith Kirkwood and Dan Arnold. I shouldn't know these make a Madden character type of guys, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, you know, I I genuinely fear that this is something that might. It hasn't really truly hit the Saints like bit them poorly. But my question to you, Peter, is. Do you think this does actually come back to bite them, or do you think they're going to actually go, you know, funnel the offense through Kamara and Michael Thomas when the rubber hits the road? Yeah, that's interesting. It's hard to get in their head and and know, you know, if they're going to kind of, you know, wake up and realize, hey, we're a much better team when we're feeding uh, our best players. Although we got to give a shout out to Taysom Hill, block that punt today. Uh, <laughs> so maybe special teams is where his true calling. Uh, is but yeah, I still have faith that they're going to turn it around. I think they're going to be a, a scary team to face in the playoffs, and I, I hope we get to see a Rams Saints NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean the one encouraging thing about today, Thomas had 13 
targets, and Kamara had six, so uh, Breeze only attempted 31 passes. So from sort of a target share perspective, they're still uh, the guys that are leading the way in terms of the passing offense. It's just uh, you'd hope that they would go to them more, you know, sort of in terms of raw targets. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely a weird situation to see the Saints kind of have these offensive problems. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I blame Mark Ingram, too. (laughs) All right, before we get into No Shit, Shit, No, here's a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $6 a month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high quality industry leading programming. And speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off your Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available to the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Gain unlimited access to all of our NFL 